Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. This is Steve, and I'm back with my good friends, Noel and Keith. How y'all doing, guys? Good. Hey, glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, you know, we're excited to um, bring back another host, or I guess another guest, not a host, uh, to today's episode. And and this is to be the uh, second time we've had a special guest on. And to tell you a little about who this guest is, I'm going to turn it over to Noel. All right. Thank you, Steve. So when we started talking about doing an interview format for the the podcast, um, we were talking about potential guests and our guest today was, was the first person that I thought of um, because, well, I don't really know why. I don't guess I just have maybe friends or something. (laughs) (laughs) That could help. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, you'll know once, once we do this interview, you'll know why Um, our guest today is, is Robbie Pollard and, Robbie is my pastor, um, and a little bit of history there too. Uh, I'm, I was a, uh, I was an elder of my church. We had a, uh, turnover, uh, in our lead pastor position. So we went through a pastor search and had the pleasure of meeting with Robbie and doing the interview process and everything. And literally like five minutes into the interview, I kind of knew, like, I really, really, really hope this works out with this guy. He's just, uh, um, one of these people, um, that you talk to just a little bit and you feel like you've known him your whole life, but you haven't. And, uh, Robbie and I connected really quickly, um, for any, any of you listeners out there that have a pastor that is a mentor and friend, um, be grateful. Um, I didn't until Robbie Pollard entered my life and I'm very thankful for him. Robbie, thank you for taking the time today. Um, I'm excited about yes. this. And I've been, I know you've been a listener and yeah. you've been even texting me like, hey man, hey bro, this this episode was awesome. And so uh we're excited to put you on and uh thank you for taking the time with us. I know this we are recording this the day after Easter, so I know you've been bored <laughs> the last week or so. For you know? sure. <laughs> you're thinking of me in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing's <laughs> been nothing's been going on in Robbie's world, but uh, anyway, this is a bit like interviewing the head football coach of the team that just played in the Super Bowl. But right. uh, we're, we're, we're glad you took time for us, man. But uh, excited about this. So, oh, super excited. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Love the show. I mean, it's it's awesome. Every episode just takes me back to memories of high school, the good and bad. You know, <laughs> days of junior high. So yeah, I've been excited to be on. And I just have to tell you, like when I was getting ready to come over here, cause I had to get to a quiet place where I wouldn't have kids running around in the background. <laughs> and uh, my kids asked me, my older boys there, and I have a senior in high school or going to be a senior. And then I've got a kid that's going to be a freshman. And they said, what, what are you going to be doing? And I was like, well, I've been invited to be a part of a podcast and dude, their eyes got so big, you know, <laughs> like dad who, you know, can't figure out how to put something on, you know, on the TV. And they're like, you're going to be on a podcast. I mean, this gives me instant street cred. Oh, you got cred. I feel good about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's about like the 80s and 90s and 2000s. They're like, oh, okay. You know, okay. So, yeah. But then I immediately lost it with with the, with the, but yeah. That's awesome. Robbie. Yeah. You just, you just reduced it by 50%. Yeah, right. <laughs> Robbie, can you kind of just give us an introduction, tell us a little about yourself, family, kids, where you grew up, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, so i uh native Houstonian, born and raised here my whole life, never lived anywhere else. I know it's Noel's favorite place to live. It's what he always dreamed of. <laughs> was living in Houston. And so, yeah, I, I grew up on the north side of Houston, um, graduated from Alding High School in 95. And so I'm the third son of four kids. My, my sister is younger than me. So, uh, three siblings and, um, yeah, graduated from high school and then, uh, actually walked on the basketball team at Houston Baptist university. It was an NAIA school at the time. Yeah. And, and man, I mean, I had a really successful career on the bench and that was amazing. Was really passing <laughs> the Gatorade down. And, uh, I joke about it all the time. They only let me on the team cause I was going to bring the GPA of the team up. So computer <laughs> <laughs> is all I was honestly, but, uh, um, it's called team player. Yeah. HBU. And, uh, did that for a little bit, then got married and kind of put the college uh, on hold a little bit cause I needed to get a job and provide for my family. So not long after that, I joined the Houston fire department and was a fireman for about three and a half years before I went into ministry full time. And so been in the Houston area ever since I've got four kids, three biological sons, 
Um, they're 18, 15, 12. And then we have a daughter that we adopted from China about seven and a half years ago. Now her name is. Wow. So yeah, she's her name, alive. her name is what? Sorry. Ellie. E-L-L-I. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Four kids and which is, is a lot, a lot of children, a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, that is... people say, how was your day? Well, we, we all live through the day. No <laughs> one died. No one got major injury. Feel like that's a successful day. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My wife and I, we've been married for 23 years, and she's awesome. Love her to death. She's an amazing woman. So yeah, yeah. And put, tell us the name of the church that you're pastoring. I'm at the Brook Church. Yeah, Noel alluded to that a little bit earlier uh, in the intro. Right. Uh, really got to know Noel just over the last eight months or so, and and it was a very instant connection in terms of just feeling like it was a um, an old friend and. He is a lot older, so I felt like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, loved getting to know him and, and his family. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, been here at the Brook Church now for, I guess, about seven and a half months or so. And uh, yeah, loving it. Absolutely loving it. Love, love what, uh, what's happening here. So, yeah. That's, That's cool. amazing. It's amazing. The, uh, the transformation of things like our church, and I don't want to get too far into this, but I mean, our church pre Robbie and post Robbie is like night and day. I mean, it's, it is, it is amazing. And, 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 uh, Robbie was a pastor of an, of another church and that church was kind of close by two hours. Um, and, uh, it was a, it was a church plant. They didn't have a, have a building. They were meeting in a, in a school and we didn't plan it. We didn't, we went out there looking for a pastor and what ended up happening was the two churches came together and formed one church. And it is, that's great. Wow. I mean, all the, all the people like that are do like change management, change management and stuff like that, their heads would blow up, but we have encountered zero problems. It's just been such a smooth transition and seeing the, seeing the church before and after and all the things that have happened since then have just been mind blowing really has been amazing, but it's been been a fun journey. It's only been eight. It's only been seven out of months, man. That's, that's feels like five years, brother. It does. It does. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, in fact, when, I was on, sure. when I came on, Noel was a part of the leadership team. And then I think right when I got um, called to be the pastor, then Noel's time on the elder team was up and he's just basically been on vacation for the last seven months while we've been working our rear ends off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. he worked that really well. Yeah, so that sounds just, about right. Timed up perfectly. I text him frequently, like, man, you didn't tell me about this. You didn't tell me about this. It's like, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Like, the house is beautiful on the outside, but I forgot to tell you all the toilets are falling apart. Hey, yeah, right. so, all that struggle. I'm going to go start a podcast. Peace. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> pretty much exactly what I did too. So that's but hilarious. Anyway, yeah, uh, awesome. We're so so glad you're so glad you're part of the church. We're so glad you're here and. And, yep. uh, yeah, took, took the time. So anyway, yeah, we definitely been looking forward to this for a long time. So thanks for being a part of us. Yeah, so, man. so I will start off with the first question. Very easy format like we did with us when we were doing our interviews and our last guest to Daryl. We've got a series of questions that we'll throw out at you. Uh, obviously, nothing to put you on the spot, but hopefully something that'll make you smile and reminisce about the past. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping is to bring some of our listeners along to enjoy these journeys and probably make them think of some of their past, too. So uh, first question will be I'll tee it up and I'll, I'll, I'll start with one that's uh it's kind of deep, but when you, when you think of significant events over your lifetime, what's the first event that you think of? Yeah, there's uh, I, one is hard to, to kind of narrow it down for me. And so I, I think two of them, one of them was when I was in fourth grade watching the TV in the classroom when the space shuttle exploded. Mm, yeah, it, that was a that was a big moment. And I remember, you know, as a kid of sitting there watching it, not, not to go too dark. Cause that was such a horrific day, but you know, you, my, they, they will, you know, we had TVs that were mounted on the walls, like a new technology, you know, to have the TV mounted on the wall and um, <laughs> to watch it live. And then just, I remember seeing the the look on my teacher's face when it happened. Um, that, that was, that was a big moment for me. I think um, in fact, Netflix a, a couple of years ago released a documentary on, uh, the space shuttle and, and the explosion. And, and, uh, I went and watched all of that. It was really always very intriguing to me. So that, that was probably one for me. The second one was nine 11, obviously. Yeah. And kind of the unique perspective I had on that was I was actually a cadet in the Houston fire department 
um, we were due to graduate in, in October of 2001. And we were in class that day, kind of getting to the end of our fire training and they turned on the TVs. The district chief came in and told us what had happened. And so we were watching that live. And so that was a big moment for me, you know, because you're sitting there watching all that stuff transpire and knowing that those firefighters are running in that building while everybody's trying to, to leave. And it really was kind of a, like a gut check, like, man, you really, you're going to do this. I mean, you have to understand that that's, that's a part of the risk. And so those are two moments I think of like that, in my lifetime, those are moments that I, I remember where I was, you know, when when those things happen. And those those had pretty big impact on me for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you that nine eleven incident, I mean, it was just no one saw that coming. Yeah. And um, and so it's such a remarkable moment that those firefighters and police officers knew exactly what they were gonna do in that moment. There was no doubt. Yep. They didn't run away, they ran to it. Yep. And uh, it was still thinking about that every day. Hmm. Yeah. One of the, so in, in the fire department, when they run in with the packs on their back, when you're in a fire and you're, um, when you're standing motionless for a while, your pack will actually start to vibrate to tell you, Hey, you need to move around because those packs are made to alert people. If you get trapped or become, you know, hmm. um, paralyzed or you, you can't move or you're unconscious if you're still for too long, that's when it starts doing a chirp. It's a very loud noise so that when firefighters come in to find you, um, they can locate you by the sound. Cause oftentimes in fires, you can't see anything, you know, it's not like the movies. And that was one of the things when I was sitting there, uh, that day. And as you know, once the towers kind of fell and there was this quiet that fell over the, you know, the scene there, uh, the thing you could hear over everything was that chirping of those firefighters packs mm -hmm. that were just trapped in the, in the rubble. Mm, and wow. it was wow, wow. just devastating to sit there and hear it and listen to it. And with that kind of perspective, you know, um, very, very emotional, very humbling. You know, we didn't, I remember that day at fire school, we didn't do anything else. We just sat there and watched the coverage like everybody else did that day. Sure. And then uh, we dismissed and the, the captains never let us go home early from the fire academy. But that day they did. And I just remember getting home, hugging my wife, you know, just overwhelmed with, all that had transpired. So yeah, that was, that was a, uh, you know, kind of a, a watershed moment in a lot of ways for, for the country, you know, mm -hmm. so that was our Pearl Absolutely. Harbor in many ways, you know, so that, that was a significant day for me. Hmm. Very good. Very Interesting. Good. I don't think I've ever heard it's that told through the eyes of a uh, firefighter. I haven't either. Um, before. That's yeah. interesting, interesting perspective. And yeah, it does, definitely. you know, like when you're at, when you're standing at a house fire and it's like your people are coming out of that thing and it is, a, it just, there's a, your training does kick in because every natural inclination is to stay away. Yeah. But, you know, you have a job to do, you got to go in. And so, yeah, for those guys that day, man, and just the, <laughs> you know, I joked about it. I was in great shape at that time, you know, cause I was in the academy and we're running stairs every day. And I'm like, how many floors is that building? I mean, just the thought of, you know, you're carrying all that stuff up and running up there, man. It's like, goodness gracious. But they did it, you know, mm -hmm. made it up yeah. to the floor and, and uh, you know, tried to do all they could. So, mm. wild. yeah. Wild, wild. Mm. Not, to, not to throw the, the big curveball, but, you know, the other significant moment that, you know, was my, my first kiss out back behind the church, you know. It's always, yeah, we're talking. always the fastest kid, you know. The <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's that moment too. You know that everything changed after that moment. So. Yes, it did. <laughs> that was probably the most memorable. Yes, you know, I didn't mean to go so like deep after that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good time, awesome. Good time. Got tattled on, and of course, my dad was the pastor, so I got in all kind of trouble for that. So, <laughs> moment, dad, the Lord told me to. You know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all right awesome. Rob, robbie i'm gonna go off script with this next question because yeah. you mentioned that you're you know, grew up playing basketball yeah. so uh i love basketball and probably picked up on that if you listen um so growing up who was your childhood basketball hero oh two the the the, the one that i i had all the wheaties boxes all the cards was michael jordan loved watching him play but oh yeah my idol was Hakeem for the Rockets. Oh, really? oh, no question. His post moves, his footwork, his quickness, his ability to block shots. I mean, he was just, he was the dream, man. He yeah. was, he was the dream. So I, oh, just a clever I up, nickname. Yeah. I grew up idolizing him. Um, 
I loved Michael Jordan. And of course it was in his heyday when I was growing up. I mean, he, he was the man. And, um, in fact, you know, sports memories, the, the back-to-back championships when Jordan retired. And I think they would have beat him. You know, people want to have that debate, even if Jordan had stayed in because Akeem was just at the top of his game and we were a great matchup for the Bulls. But, um, I'll tell you a funny Hakeem story. It's a little embarrassing, but I grew up <laughs> idolizing Hakeem. I mean, just loved him, man. And collected basketball cards. That was a big thing that I did back then and still have a lot of those. But, um, the first time I ever met Hakeem was on my first day of practice at HBU. So at the, the, the Rockets now train at West, you, you know, the story, though. I do know. It's I do know the story. I was wondering if you're going to share this one, but too much? I'm, I'm really, no, no, I'm really glad you are. <laughs> so, so, you know, I go in, so I was not a great athlete, but I walked on the team. I made the team and I was so excited. So our first day at practice, um, the Rockets didn't have West side tennis club, which is where they practice. Maybe now I'm not sure if they have something since then, but, at the time, I didn't know this, but they actually used the gym at HBU for their practices, and I had no clue. And so I was so excited to go to my first day of college basketball practice. I wanted to get there super early, get all my stuff in my locker, you know, just have everything set up, you know, have my gear on and ready to go. And I walk in, and there's all the Rockets in my locker room. I mean, there's Akeem, there's uh, Barkley. He had, he had come at that time. And they're all getting ready for the shower. They're butt naked, man. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it's like, it's like, you want to meet your hero. And like, first time I see him, and I'm just like, what in the world is this? Like, it's, it's like the dream and then the nightmare, you know? <laughs> all at the same time. It, yeah. it, it was unbelievable, man. <laughs> Man, I, I always thought about meeting you, but never not like this. Like this. Never like yeah. this. Yeah. So this, I just like yeah. turned around and walked out, like you know. Yeah. Wait later for that autograph. <laughs> yeah, right. Just <laughs> warned me, hey, don't go in there right now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they saw yeah. me walk by, and they probably yeah. laughed when I walked by. You know. <laughs> so anyway, um, I did have the, the privilege of watching and practice that first day, and I called a buddy of mine, and I'm like, bro, you're never gonna believe who I just met, you know, and it's Akeem and said, you got to come. So he took off work and came over to the gym and we just sat there and watched him practice. And that was unbelievable. But Akeem was injured at that time. And so he was on the sideline stretching at a trainer, stretching his leg. And so he's shooting the ball above his face, but he's shooting it at a weird angle, right? Cause he's laying on his back and the ball hits his hand and he loses control and it rolls over to my friend's feet. And it's like this moment, this like slow motion and Akeem kind of motions like, hey, throw me the ball. And my friend picks it up and throws like a fastball and like hit Akeem in the head. It was so awesome. Oh, my gosh. He just, he just like melted right there. Like, oh, my word. You know, he's like, my first time to meet Akeem, I hit him with the ball. I'm like, well, first time I met him, he's naked. So what do yeah. you <laughs> It's worse. Oh. Yeah, that was unbelievable. But yeah, yeah, that was that awesome. awesome. I, get to, I get, I would get to practice early as much as I could just to watch them practice, man. And like the level of ability was just incredible. You know, I'm yep. sitting on the bench on an NAIA school, and these guys are playing at you know in the best league. It's it's just a level of athleticism I had never seen before. But it was awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, the team was the man. He was the man for sure. <laughs> Loved him. But I, I collected. Most Michael Jordan stuff. So I had a, a, a pretty extensive Michael Jordan card collection. I collected mm-hmm. all these boxes he had, tried to get as many pair of Jordans as I could. Um, but Akeem was the guy I loved to watch. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Robbie, what is your, what's your favorite childhood movie? Do you have one? Do you have multiple? Yeah. So when, when we first got a VCR, we had uh, someone brought us a VHS tape. And it, I don't know how they recorded the movies, but there were three movies on it. It was Gremlins, Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. Mr. Mom. And, <laughs> and Mr. Mom was by far our favorite. We, man, we wore that tape out, man. That, that, so, uh, what's going to do in there? 70 and a half, you know, 70 and a half quarter, yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. So many great lines, you know. And, um, so, we, we watched that movie so much when we did road trips, we took vacations, me and my brother, Sam and my sister, 
could quote the lines of that movie alternating between lines. It was oh my gosh. It was ridiculous how, how many times we watched that movie. But, you know, we had just regular TV and we didn't have cable. So we just had that. that and that was the only VHS tape that we had. Wow. So, man, we watched those movies so much. But Mr. Yeah. Mom was by far, as a kid, the one that we, you know, watched more than anything else. Yeah. But then awesome. in, in 89, uh, I was... 13, I think at the time when Christmas Vacation was released in theaters. <laughs> and I actually went to see it in theaters and dude, greatest movie of all time. Favorite. It movie is. Of all time. It's not, there's not even a close second to that. No, no. Oh man. Like almost daily. I quote lines from that movie. Yeah. And, Why is the floor all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. All all of them. And don't get me started because I'll do them all night. I know you will. Don't throw me down. All the lines. (laughs) The one I probably use more than anything is anything else I can do for you, Uncle Lewis. You know, somebody. (laughs) I got to Noel when he's like, hey, you want to do the podcast on the day after Easter? Like anything else I can do for you? Free Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) So that was. I loved Christmas Vacation. And so, in fact, the last five or six years, with the exception of last year, we weren't able to do it. But uh, my wife and I host a Christmas Vacation viewing party at our house to invite people to come. The year of COVID in 2020, we rented out a movie theater, invited our friends to come. Oh, that's awesome. That like for you could get the whole theater for a hundred bucks and we yeah, yeah. vacation there. And so that's awesome. Love, that movie. love it. Love it. Love it. So. Those That's, are from the childhood, the the biggest ones. All those are great choices for sure. That's awesome. So, I think on one of the episodes, you guys talked about the gremlins, you know, the, the mod oh, yeah. wives, and when they, mm-hmm. changed, and that was pretty traumatizing, but, <laughs> but then that, that big dog dragon thing on never ending story, like what yeah. was that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird movie, you know, and I yeah. did it. It kind of freaked me out, but, but I liked it too, but I couldn't Same. handle the, the angels eyes, you know, laser shooting a tray as he goes through. And so yeah, that was, <laughs> we'll try to fast forward through that one. So yeah, I, I still haven't made it through that movie. No, thanks. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It wigs me out. Yeah. When our text is dying in the swamp of despair, whatever, I mean, it's, can you get any more depressing? Right. <laughs> it's awful, man. So I'll get, I'll take me some good jokes and laughs. and <laughs> no, no doubt. You come. Well, I'll invite y'all to the next Christmas vacation watching party. I might make a road trip for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you could go back now, the way that we ask this is about one specific thing, but I'm going to make it more general. So, right. if you could go back to your childhood and have one specific item, any item that you remember from your childhood that was your favorite thing, what would that be? Who, um, probably the. Probably in my childhood, it would be either the big wheel, you know, the one that had oh, the yeah. front wheel that had the, the brake, brake the on brake, the side. Yeah. Oh, just the best. We would we would jump that thing into the ditch when the rain was coming down hard, man. And <laughs> my mom would always talk about that I would just wear those wheels out in no time. So <laughs> that's one. I the 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 story I tell often about like the toy that I remember getting and was so excited about was when Nintendo released double dribble. Oh man. Yes. He came out the sound of the uh, shoes squeaking on the floor. (laughs) 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 But I remember how cutting edge those graphics were when they would do the slow motion dunk, you know, I've never seen anything like that before. And so (laughs) that was the one we got that for Christmas one year. We got the, we got the Nintendo and, and then a friend of ours had bought a friend of the family bought us double dribble. And man, that was, I played that thing till I had to blow on it, you know, to put it back in. And all that, <laughs> all that so, uh, those are two that I remember. And then I don't know if you guys remember this, but in terms of other than sports, but you know, regular sports, basketball, we used to play Zim Zam. Did y'all, do y'all know what that is? I don't, I don't that. think I do. You have to I describe this. So it's tether ball. Okay. But, okay on the end of the string, it's a tennis ball. And you had these hard paddles and we would always go to my aunt Shirley and uncle Don's house. They were the only people that we knew that had Zim Zam. And when we would get there, we would always ask to get it out and we'd play that for hours. It was, it was, it, 
same concept of tetherball, you know? Zim yeah. Zam. That's it. It's huh. it was incredible. Yeah. I Look probably at those shorts. I know, right? So that game was awesome, but it huh. failed in comparison to the big wheel and the and the Nintendo. Those oh, yes. Time on. Rob, Robbie told a story one time in one of his sermons about, I uh, can't remember if it was your brother, that yeah. blew up your, he had a fall guy Tonka truck, wasn't it? Yes. So it, you still have it? Yeah. I'm a, no, no, no. So I told the story at church and then Ryan Page, my friend, bought me this truck. That's this similar awesome. To, not exactly. Yeah. So here's the thing <laughs> with my brother, Sam and I, Sam was my older brother. And so any holiday, especially Christmas, our, our tradition was you would open the gift from oldest to youngest. So my oldest brother oh, cool. would his well then sam would open his well sam and i always got matching gifts so it was so anticlimactic like he would open it and i'm like this box is the exact same shape i know what it is move on to my sister you know and so <laughs> we got Tonka trucks and one time uh we were we were playing well sam my brother took some m80 firecrackers and he blew up my tonka truck he put them in the front seat <laughs> you know, exploded the windows out and just demolished it. And I was devastated. So um, I told my dad that Sam had done it. Well, then Sam lied about it. And he said, no, that's my truck. Robbie blew it up. And so my dad and his Solomon wisdom moment, you know, if you know the story in, in the Bible where the two women were fighting over the baby and Solomon's like, fine, well, we'll just cut the baby in half. And the real mom said, no, don't do that. Right. That's my dad's moment. He, he puts it down in front of him and he's like, now, boys, I can't tell whose truck it was that got blown up. And so I'm going to ask you both, uh, you know, who blew up the truck? And I said, Sam did it. And he said, Robbie did it. And so my dad gave us a lick with the belt. Both of us each time. We <laughs> After I got like 10 licks or whatever it was, I mean, I'm begging Sam, please tell him the truth. And I'm crying, you know, and um, Sam finally confesses to it. You know, I did it, dad, I did it. So, I mean, we're, we're at that crying where it's like, you know, you can <laughs> So Sam uh, tells him I did it. And my dad just looks at me and goes, Robbie, I'm sorry that you got those licks for no reason. And I was like, awesome. So great. So he got a few extra. Well, when I went out the room while he was getting his extra licks, I took M80s and I blew his truck up. I'm like, it's going to be worth it. Hey, and then I went back in the room knowing I'd get extra licks. <laughs> I told that story at church and Ryan ordered me that Tonka truck. I love it. So it sits on my desk. Yeah, I love it. That's great. That's great. You're, you're going to have to send a picture of that so we can post it when yeah. we yeah. watch the episode. It was, it was awesome. So yeah, M80s and Tonka trucks don't mix very well. No, they do not. Why is that fun? Yeah. Oh yeah. It absolutely is. That moment when my dad's like, Robbie, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh no. Mm -mm. I'll earn these bad boys, you know. (laughs) (laughs) My my backside's already numb. I'm gonna go get the rest of it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. What you talking about? All right. So so let's rewind to a a Saturday morning in your childhood. Uh, what's the uh Saturday morning cartoon you can't wait to watch. So uh, I'm going to tell you that the, my dad was a pastor and they were the super strict, super spiritual, oversaved Christians. <laughs> so my dad, the, the cartoon I loved was He-Man, right? I, mean, I love <laughs> He-Man. It was amazing. And my dad was in the house one day when I was watching it on a Saturday and Remember when He Man would say, "By the power of Grayskull, I have yeah. the power." Pull the sword out, and my dad says, "Well, only God has all the power in the universe, so you can't watch that." And I'm like, "Amazing, oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> what a ripoff!" He Man for theological reasons. So. <laughs> yeah, Cartoon like, well, dad. Yeah, I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch Smurfs. Well, then they're like, "No." you know, all those Smurfs and just one girl Smurf. You can't watch that. I'm like, amazing. Thank you for that. I'm sorry. Where I landed was Thundercat. You can watch Thundercat somehow. But anyway, so every morning I I love Thundercats. That was, that was my, my show. 
That's uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, you know, oh, do you man. Theology with He-Man and the Smurfs. I mean, is this where we are? So, uh, we'll that is or something. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. There's a Nate Bargatze joke in there somewhere. Oh, that, have you, Keith and Steve, you guys are listening to Nate Bargatze. Ever heard of him? No, I haven't. I need to gotta, gotta watch him. He's okay. He's a comedian, uh, clean, but he is so he is hilarious. Just as right. he's got this delivery, it's just like a deadpan delivery. There's a special on Netflix he just recorded, and um, oh man, it's so funny. But anyway, he talks about Nate. The the connection is Nate talks about growing up kind of with the same kind of experience that Robbie just <laughs> just went through. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah was- okay. I- so funny i got i got him queued up on youtube for after this that's yeah, perfect it's yeah. it's good if it's, you look, well, up, look up nate bargazzi christian parents and his whole bit on that is my childhood i'm telling you it is. oh wow <laughs> it's amazing. oh awesome. goodness all right Robbie, what's your what's your favorite childhood family vacation do you guys do a lot of vacationing oh, yeah. when you were growing up yeah we didn't do a lot of traveling outside the state but mm-hmm. we went pretty much every summer as far back as I can remember. We went to New Braunfels and Slitterbond. So, okay. you know, we were at Slitterbond when it was old Camp Warnicky down there and, and uh, had the old go-kart track and all yeah. of that. So cool. we went there every year and it was really, we kind of, with, with family friends, most of them from the church, we would go down there and, you know, there'd be 30, 40, 50 of us down there and we'd just have family vacation with our friends. And so we enjoyed that just floating the, the river riding the rapids mm-hmm. and then going to Slitterbond. And back then Slitterbond was just the, the original park. Have you guys been to that? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. grown a lot. It's just amazing. And so, <clears throat> yeah, that's where we spent most of our time uh, was there. Outside of that, it was either visiting my grandparents, you know, cause if, if dad, my mom was a stay at home mom. And so uh, when my dad was able to get time off, we try to go a couple times a year to see my, my grandparents. They lived up just North of Nacogdoches up in East Texas. And, there was a lake up there called Lake Merval and we would go there sometimes. Um, my mom, when we would go, my mom, I wish you could meet my mom. She, she's a sweetheart of a lady and, and, uh, but she cannot stand moss like in, in a pond or in a river. I mean, she's terrified of it. Really? Kids, we'd be floating down the Comal river and we would like kick her tube, you know, over toward the moss and she would just be. <laughs> but the the lake merval story that that my dad tells all the time is they were they were coming back he and uncle melvin were coming back and aunt brenda and my mom were on the boat i think they were doing a paddle boat i'm if i'm not mistaken and so Mm -hmm. they're on a dock that's just maybe 10 feet off from the shore but it's all moss around them okay and my mom is going to get off the boat and and get onto the dock and she slips and falls into that moss and it's like up to her neck it, it's just nothing but moss all over and, and she is screaming to get out of it and she's reaching up and my dad is on the dock and he's laughing so hard he can't pull her up you know it's so put up on the dock and they would get her raised up out of the water but then her grip would slip and she ran right back down in that moss Oh my so god! That happened. And I don't think we ever went back to Lake Merval. She was so mad about it because she was convinced <laughs> my dad was dropping her on purpose. <laughs> but That's great. Love and their faces were so red, just laughing so hard. So yeah, it was. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. That's perfect. That's, That's funny. Perfect. Next question. I'm probably gonna have to amend how we ask this. So uh, it's prime time in the '80s. What we usually ask is, "What show are you watching?" But I think I should ask, "What show is your dad letting you watch?" Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, fun things we had Bible, we had Bible Jeopardy tapes. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I was trying to think back to primetime TV. Um, probably my the early day. I watched a lot of the Cosby's. I love the Cosby mm-hmm. show. That was a great show and kind of such a groundbreaking show. I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back on it now, I, I love that show. Um, my mom and dad really loved Home Improvement. That's mm-hmm. oh man, Taylor, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, uh-huh. neighbor, you know that kind of stuff. So we we, oh, yeah. we watched that one a lot. But honestly, um, 
I didn't watch a lot of TV in the evenings. A lot of time in the evening, we were outside, you know, yeah. mom and dad really tried to emphasize us being outside and playing and riding bikes and playing basketball and stuff like that. So we didn't sit down and watch a lot of TV, but when we did, those are the shows I remember. Now, at some point, I think in my high school years, and I'm not sure when stuff was released, for a while I got hooked on the Matlock show. Man, mm-hmm. I love Matlock. Just, you know, the way he'd present. And in these case, this trials are nothing like what it is on Matlock, but he'd always have that one little thing at the very end where he'd, oh, he'd yeah. turn the case in his favor. And I always loved that that show. Um but those are probably the big ones for me. And then when Arsenio Hall had his late night uh, show, I watched that one pretty religiously too, before I went to bed. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that explains so much, Robbie. It really yeah. <laughs> All the things I keep telling Noel when they, when they brought me on here, I was like, you should have asked more questions. That's your fault, man. Y'all didn't do a thorough enough. <laughs> didn't do enough yeah. background. He goes, you should have asked about that. I'm like, why would we think to ask about what shows you watched in the eighties, Robbie? My goodness. <laughs> I, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, tarnished by that He-Man claiming to have all the power in the universe, man. That comes good theology on them cartoons. I love it. And now I am that my my kids, man. It's like they'll uh, they'll want to watch something, and I'll say that's just a cesspool of iniquity, which is like with Christmas Vacation, my. I'm not, you can't watch it. Only I can because I'm spiritual enough to filter it. You know, I'm trying yeah. to get your mind. So yeah, that's that's good to justify. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can handle it, son. I can. Yeah, handle. yeah, I can take it. You can't. All right, uh, that's the next one here. So, Robbie, if you were going to look the coolest in your school, mm. uh, what item of clothes are you putting on first? I'm 100% the wrong person to ask this question to because you seem like a stylish guy. My entire life I have lacked style and have have been picked on it, picked on about it by friends. Like I just honestly could care less about it. Um, And sometimes I'll leave the house even now before Leslie wakes up. And then when I get home, she's like, you didn't wear that all day. Did you? And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't turn to the, I saw people. I, I interacted. I home, you know, she's like, don't ever wear that again. So uh, <laughs> I was definitely the worst person on that. I think kind of the style when I was in high school, I think Jabos were still popular. Oh, yeah, wow. oh, yeah man. Um, and maybe Z Cavarici. I, you know, I don't oh, know. Yes. One of the things I do remember, I remember what I wore the first day of high school. <laughs> I wore these baggy. Uh, y'all remember the crisscross pants? Oh, uh, yes. All the paint on them or whatever, the design. Oh I wore these big baggy crisscross pants <laughs> and a, I'm telling you, the brightest neon pink FUBU shirt you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I did too. That's an image. That's uh, an image. Looking back, it was awful, man. I mean, I don't even know what kind of. I don't even, I, there was, there was a store and this was my problem. If you're know anything about Houston, um, I, I bought, there was a store at Greens Point mall mm. and I bought these crisscross pants there. And I should have known better because as you, as you go into the store, I mean, there's like purple and lime green suits and then they got all these crisscross things. I'm like, I like those. I think I'll take those. And then take that pink fubu shirt and uh so i it was it was bad man but that for, is for me, that is I, awesome yeah oh, stylishly like i i just wore athletic shorts basketball shorts and t-shirts i mean that's yeah. who i was but yeah uh, and luckily i think by the time i got to high school the grunge thing had had happened and kind of that style had worn off but kind of the casual you know, baggy pants, baggy shirt thing was in. So that kind of fit me well. But yeah. I will tell you, one of the most embarrassing pictures I ever saw of me was from junior high. We had this um, on Friday mornings. They did a talent show, like a star search knockoff. And my teacher somehow convinced me to sing in the competition. And so I thought, OK, we'll do this. And so I I, I they had this. um like a setup where they have this, like uh, these streamers hanging down from a fake doorway 
and they were like, they would shimmer. They were like foil tight and it is just terrible. And so you would have to walk out of that to the stage. And I walked out and I was wearing overalls with one of the buttons undone. You know what I'm talking about? Where remember that style and it would flap down. And so I was wearing that and underneath it, and I think they were maybe acid washed looking, you know, Yeah. but underneath that, I mean, it was the most God awful silky looking blouse. And that's the only way I would describe it. Cause it wasn't like a manly shirt. It was like a, Silky blouse. Like, the, like the puffy shirt on Seinfeld. Oh, they're so terrible, man. And I'm walking the picture that was captured and it made my yearbook was me coming through this curtain and it's like these shimmering oh know, and I'm coming through and it's me in those overalls with that puffy blouse. Oh, it was my goodness, man. The song that I sang, and I actually won the competition, by the way. So I mean I won the girls over with this no <laughs> <laughs> On one more try by Timmy T. You got oh my gosh! Um, look it up if you want a blessing, man. It's awful. The song that I sang in the finals and won. That is uh, that's awesome. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but because I I did I obviously did not pay attention a lot to fashion and still don't. But yeah. those are some of the things I remember. Shopping at Greenspoint Mall, man. That's uh, that your yeah. first mistake. That's where you get that's where you first grip, as my kids say. You know, <laughs> that's right. Maybe I didn't use that correctly. I don't know, but <laughs> probably not. Probably not. That's awesome, Robbie. What was what was your first car? My first car was a nineteen eighty eight Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Oh man. Ooh. Yeah, so we had to have the Supreme, so it had sour cream on it, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was gray with like maroon, uh, just nasty interior. Yeah, we bought it used, and I drove that thing till the timing belt gave out. And I was—I just remember I was going to the credit union. I don't remember why, but I just—it died on me, and so that that car died. Well, I'll never forget my my dad picked me up from basketball practice one day and said, Hey, we're not going to go home. And my mom was with him in the truck, which was pretty rare. So they were trying to be, I don't know. They were trying to surprise me with it. We were going to drive to a dealership to get a car, Mm -hmm. which my dad always bought cars used from people. So this was, I mean, I was stoked. Mm -hmm. And when we pulled into the dealership, I'm like, Oh my goodness, I think they're going to buy me a car. And my dad was the kind of guy that shopped for cars out of newspaper ads, you know, classified ads were big. at that. Oh, yeah. But my dad, if he was ever going to buy a new car, he would get, you know, how the ads would, they'd have one car at this ridiculously low price to get you in. And by the time you get there, they say it's sold. Mm-hmm. So he said, I found a car. We're going to buy it for you today. I've already called him and it's here. And I was over the moon. Like this is un- incredible because my older brothers had my, my older Sam had a Chevelle. Mm. A little hatchback Chevelle car. Oh yes. And I don't remember what my, my oldest brother drove, but um, when we pulled up, we we get out and uh, the salesman, my dad had already called him in advance. He pulled up in a 1993 Geo Metro. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, it, it's gonna be hard to tell on this podcast, but I'm I'm <gasps> one. And when I graduated high school, I was like 225, 230, broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. This car felt like a skateboard, and <laughs> and I was trying to. You know, I, I I was grateful because my mom and dad were. They did. My dad was a hard worker. He was a firefighter. He um, owned a roofing company. So I understood the value of his hard work growing up. Yeah. I mean, I, I did appreciate it. But I was trying to show appreciation. But I'm like, man, like this was the only car in the ads was a '93 '93 Metro, and so. We got it, and it was a stick shift, and Ooh. that took the next level right there. Yeah, tell you. So, my my, I got it. It was great. I, I remember going to college, <laughs> and just like I'm gonna park it and then walk, you know, everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, when I was in college, I was in a wreck in that Geo Metro, and I had not. Um, we, I was at a stop sign. A guy in front of me took off. I came through the stop sign or, you know, through the intersection after him, but I had stopped at the stop sign. So I couldn't have been going more than maybe 20 miles an hour. And I hit the back of his car. He stopped all of a sudden I hit him and you would have thought I'd hit a brick wall going about 70. I mean, that car just crumpled up. <laughs> so I thought, well, man, this is not good. So we got it repaired 
and here's my favorite part of that Geo Metro. I'll never forget this. I took it to Mr. Car Wash after I got it back from the collision place to just get it washed and cleaned up. And uh, and when I hit that guy, somebody hit me in the rear too. So the back bumper was just, you know it was off. It was all kind of crunched up. So I took it to Mr. Car Wash to get it washed, and I I turned it in. They get you know gave them the keys and and they're taking it through. And then it comes over the speaker. Uh, Will the owner of the Geo Metro please come back to the front? I'm like, oh, Uh-oh. that's not so good. There's a bunch of people there, and so I just stood there like it wasn't me, you know, like who is that? <laughs> I'm like, who would have a Geo Metro, you know? <laughs> Eventually, you know, I didn't even know the people in the place, but I'm like, man, where's the bathroom? I'm asking a question that's a total lie. Go <laughs> back to the front, and they said, hey, the bumper on your car is um, is damaged, and before we send it through the the uh, car wash, we just want to make you aware of it. So I go out there. I'm like, man, I just got it. I told the lady I got it from the collision place. So it should be fixed. I go out there and the guy who has vacuumed out the inside, he says, look, man, your bumper is damaged. It's hanging off. And the left side, the, the driver's side bumper was hanging down just a little bit. I was like, man, that's, that's frustrating because we just got it back and I didn't notice it. And he looked at it for a second. He goes, oh, hold on. And he picked the bumper up and snapped it on. Like it was a record. <laughs> like, did you just snap my bumper up? Like it was, it was a, like a Lego like, car or something. Oh. And I, when I, I watched it and then eventually sold that car and, and got a different car because I'm like, this car, if I got hit by anything significant, I'm going to die. Death yeah. trap. Yeah. Snap on bumper. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. No doubt. Totally <laughs> safe. Awesome. In fact, at the end, just parts of it were falling off. Like I was just driving down the road one day, down 59, coming back from my grandparents, and the side view mirror, I just saw it fall off, and I see it in the rear view mirror just bouncing down the highway. So I U-turned, picked it up off the freeway, and I just put it in the hatchback. And I had hubcaps fall off, and so like the hatchback of that Geo Metro was like a a Geo Metro parts graveyard. I mean, just piled up with all kinds of stuff. It was just falling off. And when I sold wow. it, I'm like, hey, the rest of the parts, they're all in the back, you know, just. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. So that that pretty much concludes the prepared questions we have. So I'm going to, yep. we're, we're, we're getting kind of late in the, in the podcast. So I'm going to tell you that what we'd like for you to do at the end here is in about three minutes, two minutes, somewhere out there, Tell us, in your opinion, I mean, you like to show those kind of things. Of course, you're a preacher, so this is going to go into 10 minutes. I know, but that's yeah, okay. It's okay. That's why I, I know that's why you are laughing. That's why but, I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't say five minutes. minutes. I know right. how this is going to go. You're right. Don't, so, but don't, no, don't, give us your reason. Be, we'll tell you it'll be three minutes, and then 20 minutes later, he's like, I've only yeah. got three more minutes hey, left. Yeah, i got three minutes left. In conclusion, then another 20 minutes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to sum it up, no. So tell us, tell us why you think it is important to reminisce. Why, why are these reminiscing podcasts and things, people going down nostalgia trails? Why is it so important in your yeah, opinion? Yeah, the, that's a great question. I, as you get older, what, what you find is that the thing that you value the most are the people that you have a chance to intersect with in life. And so reminiscing kind of takes you back and all the moments that you remember, there's a person attached to that. And with hmm. the person, there's an emotion attached to it. And so even as I've listened to your podcast and thinking back to the different years as you would bring things up, different movies, different songs, um, it reminded me of some of my childhood memories and takes me back to moments where there was one podcast you guys were talking about music and can't even remember the song. But the moment you said the song, it made me think of when I was in high school, my oldest brother, Rodney, had a, a red Chevy pickup truck. And I just remembered one time we were driving and it's like all of a sudden these memories came back where we were driving to take a a teammate home and that song was playing on the radio. And it's just one of those moments where, you know, you remember that moment and that moment takes you back to the people. And, you know, as you, as you get older in life, you, you realize like what you value most, it's the people, you know, and the friendships that you have. And so that's why I think it's important to go back to those moments, look back, but then you're reminded like of all the people that invested in you and poured into you, over the years that have made you who you are today, both for the good and the bad, you know? And so um, I joked about my parents earlier, but my parents are amazing people. I love them. I'm very grateful for everything that they instilled in me. And um, so when I think back to memories of when I was in high school and thinking back to basketball and thinking about all the things that we did, 
I mean, my mom and dad were right there every step of the way, you know, encouraging me and uh, along the way. So um, I think that's why it's important to reminisce because it, it brings back to our hearts, the people that we love and value the most. So yep. yeah, yeah. So awesome. this podcast has helped me with that, you know, just to kind of think back to these seasons when maybe you're walking through a difficult time, walking through a great time, it brings you back to those people that you love. Yep. Yeah. Could awesome. have said it better. Some are great. still with us. Some, some of those people are still with us and some aren't. And I think that's the, that's the thing is the, uh, um, making, making good memories every day. We have an opportunity to make a new memory that will carry us, you know, 20 years from now, we'll be thinking about to today. So yeah. And thinking about even y'all story, like, you know, you're in college together, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you know each other for that time and you see each other a lot more and then your paths kind of go different ways, but you maintain that contact and, grateful for the technology today to be even more connected than we were. Um, but you see how sometimes, you know, God just brings people into your path for a season and it's the season that you needed them. And sometimes your, your lives go different paths. And then there's other people that you just remain friends and close for decades, you know? Um, but each person along the way, you're grateful for them. So. Absolutely. Well said. That's that. That is well said. Thank you. And Robbie, Robbie Pollard, thank you so much for being on with us today. To be this here. is great. Fun, man. It's, it's fun. It's fun. This was really one of the first, I mean, I know Noel knows you, but Steve and I don't. It's yeah. fun to get to know the passions of somebody you don't know on these shows. So I'm, I'm so excited. So I really appreciate you being on and great to get to know you just for a brief period of time. Look forward to getting to know you further. So yeah, real um, quick, Robbie, if you need to take next Sunday off, uh, we can just have Noel sing for your <laughs> That's right. Up the 84, 95 yeah. music we'll, episodes. And we'll clear we'll clear the room. That's what yeah. you're trying to do, aren't you, yeah. Steve? <laughs> clear it out. Yeah. We're just trying to make make people appreciate Robbie that much more. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Bring Robbie back. Uh, that's right. I appreciate well, Enjoyed getting to know you guys the same thing. You know, hadn't met you before tonight, but but feel like I've known you just from listening to your podcast. So appreciate the invitation big time. Awesome. Oh, we're, we're, we're grateful for you. And so with that, we will say thank you for taking your life way back with us. We enjoyed that very much. And for Noel and Steve, this is Keith, and we will say see you later. And we'll go way back again with you real soon. Take care, everybody. Bye, bye. listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel, Keith, and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future.